and welcome to a newsflash episode of Unpacking the Case, the podcast by David Jones-Bold, the real estate law specialist. As always, I'm joined by our head of legal training, Richard Snape. Hi, Richard. Hello, Lizzie, and how are you? It's been so long. I'm well, thank you. Yes, it's been a busy week since I last saw you for our webinar earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a topical one today for today's podcast. We're talking about HS2 um, and most specifically the announcements on October the 4th that HS2 Phase 2 West going from Birmingham to Manchester is being cancelled. Um, and we're going to talk about, I think, what happens basically with all the land that the government had acquired and compulsory purchased for the scheme now that it's no longer going to be needed. So do you want to start by letting us know what will happen to it? Yeah, I mean, it's perhaps I'll just mention a couple of things first. It's, um, I mean, phase two was the Birmingham to the north uh, parts of HS2. Uh, phase two east uh, was to Le- Le- from Birmingham to Leeds was cancelled in November 2021. And it was much uh, sort of well, it was leaked a few, several days before the actual announcements on October the 4th that phase 2B from, from Birmingham to Manchester would be abandoned as well. And it's not just uh, where land's been compulsorily purchased. It's also where it's been acquired by the government through something called safeguarding. I'll just briefly explain that, Lizzie. Yes, please. What does that mean? Yeah, it's uh, well, basically it's if if it's uh, subject to safeguarding, um, it's land that uh, is in some way you know, not being compulsorily acquired as such, but uh, you can't. Uh, the government can sort of have a say in whether you can develop that land or not. If you can put it, if you put in a planning application. Uh, the authority must have tell the government and the government can basically block the planning permission. Uh, and if it is subject to safeguarding, it's a long-winded process and I won't go through it, but uh, land that's subject to safeguarding uh, can be sold to uh, the relevant department under something called statutory blight if your land is not as valuable as it once was because it's subject to safeguarding. And there's been a lot of that going on as well. But uh, basically, I mean, something called the critical down rules applies uh, if governments have acquired land compulsorily or under threat of compulsory uh, purchase and uh, then want to dispose. It's disposing of the land. I mean, the relevant points for this, if it's agricultural land that was acquired on or after October the 30th, 1992, and they dispose of it uh, more than 25 years later, it... Uh, Critical down won't apply of its non-agricultural land if it's disposed of more than 25 years after the, the acquisition, but neither of those are relevant in relation to, to, to HS2. Do you want to tell us a bit more about critical down rules then and the kind of history there? Yeah, I mean, it, people, it's, and I've done loads of courses over the years on it, and people, uh, it's, it's hard to, to explain. It's not a piece of legislation uh, and it's not based on a case. I remember flippantly, Lizzie, some years ago doing a course and somebody asked me, uh, why is it called Critchell Down? And I said, it's named after Mr. Critchell Down. I said there should be a hyphen in the middle. You know, um, so apologies for that. That uh, he was the person who worked the claim. It isn't. It isn't named after Mr. Critchell Down. It's named after a down in Dorset called Critchell Down near Long Critchell. But you know, I mentioned that years ago, good 15 years ago, it must be in courses. And people now tell me the same story. 
you know, back to the, you know, it was uh, named after Mr. Critchell. Down, no, it wasn't. I made it up. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, and that's absolutely true. Uh, but anyway, it was um, the land was acquired. This uh, Critchell down at seven hundred and twenty-five acres of land was acquired from the third Baron of Abington in nineteen thirty-eight, and it was going to be used as a bombing range. You know, when they run up to the uh, Second World War. And loads of other land had obviously been compulsorily acquired and they're gone up to enjoy in the Second World War. Churchill had actually told you know, the landowners that once it's all over, you can have the land back. But then when the war was all over, um, they didn't give the land back. And um, the, the, uh, the original owner of Crystal Down had died and his daughter had inherited and she'd married somebody called Toby Martin, Toby and Mary Martin, uh, this made did this campaign to, to try and get their ancestral land back and eventually succeeded and the government introduced the critical down rules which apply on central government disposals of land that they've acquired through threat of compulsion in the past um which i'll perhaps mention that is shortly it also incidentally it's not relevant for for hs2 but it incidentally applies to, since uh, 2004 the um the government's made clear it should apply to local authorities as well. Uh, so that's some of the background. Shall I just summarise the uh, the rules themselves? Yes, please. Uh, basically, as I mentioned, it's when you've acquired with the most time limits, you know, sort of if you want to dispose of the later stage within the time limits I mentioned, if you've acquired under threat of compulsion, uh, unless there's been a... Sort of the character of the land has materially changed in the uh, uh, since. So if it's been built upon or the buildings have been knocked down or it's been afforested or deforested, then you can argue that critical down doesn't apply in those circumstances. A lot of the um, HS2 land has been acquired somewhere not far from where I am. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not, no development started. It's just, uh, you know, you've got manor houses and the likes, which have just been vacant for the last X number of years. Um, and it's also important to appreciate that um, a compulsory purchase or threat of compulsion doesn't mean what a lot of people think it means. It means that you could have compulsorily acquired, but you chose not to, which is the large majority of, you know, all HS2 basically land. Uh, you know, the only situation where it wouldn't apply is if the land was on the market and, you know, the government body or the local authority was the, the successful bidder. There were a few cases on um, on Crossrail, actually. Crossrail's got its own act of parliament, which is a bit different, even if it's been materially changed. Um, the, then you can still, you know, have to offer back. Because I don't know how you, how Crossrail works worked was something now it's now up and running, but it's something called cut and cover. You know, you build, you dig the the hole, and then you cover it over. You know, at a later stage, and so there are lots of issues in relation to Crossrail and something similar to Critchell Dam. There was a case called Charlesworth in Crossrail in 2018, which made clear this is not threat of compulsion as such. It's that you could have compulsorily purchased. So that's some of the background to it. There are a few exceptions where you don't have to offer back. It's, I should also say you offer back to the freeholder. They've got a right of first refusal. If they are not interested in buying and uh, there's a lease in existence with at least 21 years unexpired, you can offer to the leaseholder. 
uh, as well at your discretion. But there are a few exceptions. Um, the um, shall, shall I mention a few of them? Not not every last one. There's seven altogether, and some of them are not particularly relevant. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, do that. But uh, it's you know if um, if it's needed by another government department, uh, then you don't have to offer back. Or the land's so small, the amount of land's so small, it would uh, not be commercially worthwhile to offer back, or it's uh, mutually advantageous to the department and landowner. You're straightening out boundaries, things like this. Um, or it's uh, where the site's uh, uh, being acquired for development or redevelopment, but it's not materially changed, but it comprises two or more dwellings, or part is materially changed and part hasn't. And if you were to offer back, uh, you know, it's a separate owner, separate farmer, separate homeowners, or whatever it might be, then you wouldn't get the best price. You know, government part bodies of duty bound to get the best price reasonably obtainable on their disposals. But you're supposed to have regard to a consortium uh, of um, you know, previous owners. What tends to happen is that the developers on occasion sort of get together with several farmers who part of their land has been acquired and set up a consortium will buy the land together. Uh, or if uh, market value is so uncertain that uh, uh, you're not safeguarding the public purse by offering back, um, and you're supposed to have regard to things like including overage if there's uncertainty about planning permissions and so on. But if overage won't help and there's uncertainty as to value, then that's an exception as well. So there are one or two others, but I think those do. Anybody who wants to know the detail can look at Critchell Down rules themselves. Can you briefly summarise the Critchell Down process? I mean, even if the, I mean, it's going to be a nuisance, even if people, for reasons I'll perhaps come back to, um, don't want to buy the land, basically. Uh, because uh, well, the government, even if they don't, they don't think Critchell Down applies um, to the Department of Trade. In this particular case, they'll have to send, mind you, two letters to you know, contact the previous owners. We're putting this on the open market. You now you can bid together with everybody else. If Critchell Down does apply, they've got to get valuations you know, from you know, professional valuers and and uh, notify the previous owners and wait uh, two months to see if they wish to buy. They've got two months to, um, uh, if they do wish to buy, they've got two months to decide the terms and a further six weeks to decide the, pr uh, the price. But, uh, you know, government bodies are duty-bound to sell at best value. They, they must sell at market value. You're not going to back on the cheap and you must sell at market value. So what's the effect of this in relation to HS2, do you think? Well, you know, HS2 phase one from London or somewhere north of London, from Aldo Common at the moment, unless they get funding for go to Euston, uh, is still uh, in existence from London to Birmingham. Uh, so phase two east was dropped in late 2021. Uh, phase two west was the announcements on October the 4th. Um, it's specifically, it only at the moment applies to um, the, the, the proposed route that's been abandoned between um, 
Birmingham and Crewe. You're stretching across a large swathe of Staffordshire primarily, Crewe's only a few miles into Cheshire. Um, they, um, the crew to, to Manchester uh, phase, they're still keeping the safeguarding. Um, they're dropping the safeguarding, they say, within a few weeks in relation to the crew to, to Birmingham stretch, but not beyond crew to Manchester because they might need that land still uh, for the new Northern Powerhouse Rail East-West line that they're talking about, you know, this line from Liverpool to the Hull, which, believe me, they need. Uh, but uh, so it's we're talking about land, you know, saying primarily going through parts of the West Midlands and Staffordshire and a bit of Cheshire. They're supposed to be about almost £600 million worth of land that's been compulsorily acquired or acquired through safeguarding. And they'll have to offer back uh, under Critchell Down. One problem that the landowners have got, presumably these people have bought other properties in the meantime, and uh, the, the, compulsory acquisition, the compulsory acquisition started in 2015, and uh, although prices are dropping this year, they were going through the roof in 2020, 21-22. Uh, and the average house price in England, not just necessarily in that stretch of land, but in England, uh, was uh, £203,000 back in 2015. It's currently about £306,000. So a large number of these people are not going to be able to buy these properties anyway. Uh, it's also the case, I mean, there was... There was a um, um, land disposal policy for HS2 back in 2020, which deals with other issues like a lot of land would be compulsorily acquired, not because HS2 was going to be on or near it, but because it was necessary for the construction access and things like that. So that will have to be offered back. It's causing all kinds of chaos in large swathes of Staffordshire. My parents used to live in a place called Maidley, She's near Newcastle under Lyme in Staffordshire and HS2. There's due to go through that, and there's farms around there and the likes that have been you know, just compulsorily acquired. And I doubt whether people can are going to be buying this land back. Uh, there's also a lot of land where they've ex already exchanged contracts but not completed on it. There was something in the media, some property in Staffordshire, which was uh, they exchanged contracts in October the 3rd the day before the announcements when everybody knew what was going to happen. And they exchanged on this property for 1.5 million, which they're now going to offer back or have to offer back under Critchell Down and go through the process, which seems bizarre. Yeah. Almighty chaos. I say it's causing, I know of properties uh, sort of around place, Walgreens Gate and stuff. You know, I'm, you know, I was brought up in those you know, that kind of area, and they're really valuable properties, and they were subject to this statutory blight and the likes. And yeah, and uh, I say it's almighty mess for years to come, and we'll have to see what happens with the route between uh, Crewe and um, Manchester. Yeah, Crewe's well, not it's... a new revamped station either, <laughs> but anyway, that's it. No doubt we can revisit it, and don't forget, uh. DJB have done a lot over the years on Critchell Down. It's quite a specialist area, but uh, you know they've got some people who know a lot about it. 
Excellent. Well, a lot remains to be seen. So I guess we'll be revisiting it, um, certainly in podcasts, if not in a development uh, webinar to come in the future. So thank you for that, Richard. That's great. Thanks a lot, Lizzie. Thank you very much, Richard. And thank you to everybody for listening. We'll see you again in our next episode.